Welcome everyone to another podcast of Modern World Zen. Thanks for tuning in and sticking with me through this. This has been great. Um, <clears throat> last episode we talked about mantra. And today I'd just sort of like to see, um, sort of, I'm going to look at what could be going on uh, with you all as far as just basic sort of, you know, spiritual lack or maybe psychological lack. And the beautiful thing about yoga and meditation is that it does help both things. It will help you psychologically and it will help you spiritually as well. So we're going to start by looking at um, sort of this highest ideal, which is like the perfectly enlightened being. Uh, and this is something that in India is called a guru. So we can use the term guru uh, for this. And when we do, we should understand that the guru is within all of you, all of us as well. So we really have to have the understanding that the guru is within everyone. So... Um, it's also termed, it's also can be described as the inner self. So when you're in meditation and you're absorbed in meditation, you're absorbed into the guru as well. Um, and we should have that understanding. And um, we should be also cognizant of the fact that this shouldn't really surprise anyone. Because we know that, think about sleep, right? Sleep is very absorbing. You know, because when you wake up, you're like, oh my gosh, where have I been? You know, it's super absorbing, yet it's at the same time, it's very pleasurable, right? So we know that it's possible to have these positive experience through absorption. And so it shouldn't be that surprising that we can't find this... Um, sort of spiritual pleasure or spiritual joy, but it's also psychological too, uh, psychological joy. And we shouldn't be too surprised that we can find it um, in sleep. And you know, from psychology, if you haven't been sleeping well, well, maybe you start to need a psychiatrist, right? And to a certain extent. So we know that sleep is very sort of soothing for the mind and the body. And in the same way, shouldn't be that surprising when we're deeply absorbed that we can also have spiritual joy. So we're going to look at that. And then also when we, when we see that, you know, you could, you could say that, you know, no matter what you do during the day, you have to find sleep at night, regardless of where you're at. I mean, you could be up, you could be down before bed, right? But no matter what, you're going to wake up, you're going to go to sleep, then you're going to wake up feeling refreshed. So, um, you know, we can find that kind of happiness um, also through meditation. And we shouldn't think of it as so strange. So that's kind of my point, is that when we when we talk about meditation, we shouldn't think of it as being so odd and so otherworldly and something that we can't 
personally do. You know, if someone mentioned sleep, we'd be like, oh yeah, sure. But if we meditate every day, when someone says meditation, we could say, oh sure, I know about that. So that's what we're kind of looking for. And when we do meditate, we take the help of Kundalini. And Kundalini really, you know, calms the mind. It's sort of the drug of meditation. And it's awakened in us and we can find uh, our joy through the Kundalini in meditation. And it is awakened by this same guru that I spoke about, which is just the inner self. Right? It's also considered to be God. So God, guru, and inner self should be sort of thought of as being interchangeable. And we know from other religions we have a certain energy. You know, we have Holy Spirit, we have Chi, and we also have Kundalini. So we use those energies to find meditation. And you could say, well, what's the difference between prayer and meditation? Well, it's not really that so different, right? Because when you pray and pray through the help of the Holy Spirit or Kundalini, you eventually become super absorbed. Remember we talked about the sleep state, but that super absorbed prayer state that comes from prayer and like say an energy like the Holy Spirit or Kundalini, you will also become absorbed <clears throat> uh, in meditation from prayer. So that's, and, and chanting is, is, you know, we talked about mantra last episode. Chanting is really sort of the, the epitome of mantra. It's sort of the chanting of mantras. And, um, you know, not so much that we talked about the breath sound, but this is actual, you know, we're making a sound with our vocal cords and we're singing. Um, and in that, in that context, that could be the prayer. And then that would also lead to um, deep absorption. So we shouldn't see that prayer and meditation are, are very different. And also we shouldn't see that sleep and meditation are very different too from another angle. So, but really we're looking for meditation because meditation really is going to be the best, um, is going to be the best thing we can do. So, you know, everyone in the world is, is kind of like, they're kind of doing their own thing and that's fine. Uh, you know, some people will be more receptive than others. Some people won't be receptive at all. Uh, and we just have to sort of understand this, but generally speaking, uh, they're going to be receptive or not receptive based upon who they are as people. So the ones that are very receptive, you know, well, they might be kind of very receptive in everything in their life. You know, they might be very, very open in general. And the people that are not receptive, uh, they might be very, very sort of closed off in general. So we shouldn't really be bothered about all the different people that exist in the world and just sort of understand that, you know, all the, although these things are true, you know, people are going to respond differently, uh, than we would, we, than we would maybe respond, uh, to such things as yoga and meditation. So we're going to be also looking for kind of what this goal 
of this meditation is. And it's kind of to, to destroy this ego. Okay? Because the ego is going to be, is going to make trouble for us. And when we can uh, destroy the ego, we know when we go to sleep at night, we don't really keep anything with us. You know, if we have friends and money and beauty, I mean, nothing, we, we take nothing with us. We, we, when we close our eyes, we get rid of everything, literally, to find sleep. And in the same way, that's sort of how you can look at meditation. The ego is going to be, is not going to make it easy for us to meditate. And so we want to try to get rid of the ego in the same way as we would get rid of whatever it is that we're kind of doing and thinking about when we, when we hit the pillow at night. Um, and then you can live your life sort of in ecstasy because as soon as the ego goes, you're, you're happy because of this natural happiness, because of this inner guru or inner self or inner God. We should be naturally happy all the time. Uh, but because of the ego... We aren't. So if you practice egoless meditation, which is really the only type of meditation you can find, uh, then we're going to um, practice sort of being in an egoless state, and then we can sort of find that in our life. Um, <clears throat> and, and I talked a little bit about how we can see this blue light in meditation, which is sort of the, the ultimate ideal, and it's considered to be the inner God or the inner self, we can actually see it in the form of this blue light. And sort of the, the construct of the light is that it's a very tiny dot that you see in meditation, but we have the understanding that the world exists in it. The whole universe is in it. All of our, all of our possible sort of... Um, awareness is in it and yet we see it in the midst of the world as this tiny blue dot and we we actually want to kind of go inside that dot in our meditation and it in if you haven't seen it yet well you even if you've been meditating a long time and haven't seen it you will eventually see it and when you see it just recognize it as the goal of what we're trying to do because it will it will appear in meditation when the mind gets into a certain state and you could say oh well doctors don't know about it and all this stuff don't worry about that so much because it's so subtle that it would be very difficult for sort of a scientific instrument to capture that but it's possible that people are working on it uh, but for the time being you can use your own body as the laboratory and try to search for this light now it won't, you won't be able to dig it out so much. It'll just appear really when you're never thinking about it. Um, that's how kind of how it works. But just be confident that if you're meditating every day, that you will eventually see this blue light. And so, um, you know, there's, there's always going to be kind of a, um, there's always going to be people that, that don't know, kind of like we were talking about it a little earlier. And there's going to be always someone that knows, you know. And so we want to be the kind of person that knows. But it can be very difficult because people may not have that pure vision. So when they see you, they may not see you as God. 
they might see you and look at your body and say, oh, he's, this is how he's imperfect or that's how he's imperfect. But we should, we shouldn't be that way. You know, we should, we're, we're looking for the right kind of vision. We're looking for the vision that sees God in everyone that understands ourself as God too. And that, you know, that's really kind of what we're looking for. But nevertheless, um, the world is the world. And there are people that don't understand these kinds of things. And, um, you know, we might have to find ourselves trying to explain uh, these things to people. You know, to understand that the self isn't impure. That the self isn't a sinner. That the self is just pure light. And it's in within everyone. As I started this podcast, it's this inner guru that's within everyone. And so, but people may not see it in you. And so we just have to understand that even if they don't see it, it's there. And we might even have to explain what it is that we're talking about um, to other people. And the best way to sort of be able to do that is to meditate on this inner light, on this inner guru, um, to worship this inner light or this inner guru. And, um, and you can use the mantra that I talked about last episode to do this. And that's really kind of what we're looking for. So we can become these ideal beings and then, you know, we can become the guru. So, uh, thank you again for tuning in to another podcast of Modern World Zen. And um, I'll just leave you today with basically um, a kind of a, a beautiful mantra that's just two words, if you will. It's Guru and it's Om. So we can say Guru Om. And in that context, we can sort of um, pray to this inner Guru the guru that lives within everyone. And we can just say, Guru Om, Guru Om. When we're feeling scared, uh, and it will work for us. And so I leave you with the mantra, Guru Om. And um, thank you very much for tuning in. And next time, we'll have a new uh, topic. And we will um, see how everyone's doing. With that, and uh, if you have any questions, you can contact me. Um, you can also, there's a way to send me a, a, a voicemail message, I believe, through Anchor. So if you feel like doing that, you're welcome to do it. Um, and these podcasts are all on Spotify, so you're welcome to check in there. And once again, I thank you very much, and I will um, see you next time. This has been Josh Barzell for Modern World Zen.